What's up, dudes? Welcome to the first ever Saturday NBA Hoops at Lunch, or should I say NBA Hoops at Brunch. I'm recording at the early time of 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. It's Saturday, January 28th. And when I was looking at the NBA slate today, it's I saw that, A, there's 11 games, and B, it's NBA Rivalry Weekend, which is something I never knew existed, if I'm being honest. It might be one of those things where I'm like too far in the forest to see the trees. I don't know. I just like look at the games, the matchups, the betting lines, like stats and numbers. Um, And I never knew it was NBA Finals or Rivals weekend. So either way, I mean, I did notice there were some sick matchups. The injury reports aren't there's there's a lot of a lot of top-notch talent playing today I guess is what I'm was what I'm trying to say and there's some sick games here on the schedule part of the reason why I'm recording so early is because the first game that I have here on my bet slip is the New York Knicks at the Brooklyn Nets which tips off 5 30 Eastern Standard Time um, but hopefully that gives you enough time um, if I can get this out in the next 45 minutes you know before not too far after noon Eastern Standard Time. I'll give you some I'll give you some time to hear my handicaps. I got four bets here in the NBA, three games, one player prop, two rivalry matches, one just dud, one cross conference battle. Um, I'm assuming this episode isn't gonna get a lot of downloads. I mean, I kind of pitch or sell the NBA hoops at lunch show as a Monday through Friday. Uh, show but as I said yesterday I really wanted to get out of the hole here uh, this week I've had three straight winning weeks this month and my back is really against the wall for this week I'm 6 10 and 1 right now 26 26 and 1 um, in the first month of the NBA hoops at, sh- at lunch show um, before we get into the slate let's talk about the performance that I had last night, which was a two and one night, first winning night of the week. Um, needed it. I hit the first bet, the Minnesota Timberwolves plus three, hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. They won 11, uh, 111 to 100. Anthony Edwards put up 25, 7 and 7. Great game out of him. That kid is going to be a superstar. Um, I really like the way he's playing, and I, I like the fact that he plays every game. Uh, Minnesota hit five more threes than Memphis and outshot them 51 to 40, 41% from the field. It closed Memphis minus one. Again, we bet it Timberwolves plus three. So two points of closing line value. Good work by us, you know. Um, in fact, the other two games had closing line value as well. Not as, not as high as the Timberwolves, but uh, be that as it may, moving along to the next game. I hit the under 219.5 in the Magic and the Heat. Um, the Heat beat the Magic 110-105. It got a little sweatier than it needed to do at, um, in the fourth quarter. There was a 63-point fourth quarter. And there was uh, a much better chance there should have been that that over could have cashed there and quasi-garbage time free throws at the end of the game type stuff. Two of the quarters went over the total. Two went under. We got a half point worth of closing line value. It closed at 219. We bet at 219.5. 
went under by four and a half points. So good work on, on our part on that one as well. And then the final game that I bet, uh, my only loser on the Thursday card, I bet the Raptors plus five, um, minus 110. I got one point worth of closing line value in that one. Golden State closed at minus four. Um, OG and Anobi actually left after 10 minutes with an injury, which definitely hurts because Toronto doesn't have much of a bench unit. Um, they can't really afford to lose any starters. Toronto won the possession battle, like we said. Um, they shot 11 more free field goals than Golden State, but Golden State hit eight more three-pointers and more or less pulled away at the end of the game. In fact, the Raptors were, were the right side for, I want to say, 70% of the game. But uh, the Raptors choked it away. They uh, they really struggle in half-court offense. So when these games are down to the wire at the end, they can get ugly for Toronto, whereas Golden State's you know probably the best offense in the NBA when everything's clicking. And everything clicked in the fourth quarter for them. So, first winning day of the week, thank God, uh, two and one Thursday, uh, Friday, excuse me, I think I said Thursday a couple times, Friday went two and one, um, again, six, ten and one this week, 26, 26 and one this month, so I'm really hoping to go four and oh in the, in the four best bets that I got today, again, hopefully you guys have time to listen to this, um, or even care about the NBA, I'm assuming it's you know, the Saturday before the NFL Conference Championship, so a lot of people are doing, I don't know, their girlfriend-boyfriend thing, doing family stuff because they're going to just chill inside and watch football. But uh, there is some good college basketball on. I do have college basketball bets on outkick.com backslash sports betting, so check those out. Three picks in tonight's games. Um, laying it with Baylor laying it with Indiana and laying it with Kentucky, actually. And I got a lot of action in the Farmers Insurance Open. So if you're uh, listening and uh, you, you watch the fo- the fourth round of the Farmers Insurance Open, pray for Sung J.M. and Max Homa. I have outrights on those guys. But I'm, uh, I'm kind of meandering. Let's get us back on course here. First game, Knicks at the Nets. Uh, Knicks are 27-23, Nets 29-19. Tip-off is at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. Nets just destroyed the Knicks the first time around by 27 points. Um, I believe it was in New York. Brooklyn was missing Kyrie Irving for his anti-Semitic stuff, which is not uh, – that sounds – that came off insensitive, but I'm just putting it, I guess, as like vague – as possible, so I don't have to talk about it. Um, and uh, but but the Knicks and Nets first meeting was November 9th, and that that was a different Knicks team. They were still figuring out their rotations. Tom Thibodeau really went from looking like he was going to be fired to a coach has really turned it around. Um, he ended up cutting the uh, minutes for Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose. I I love Derrick Rose. I'm not an Evan Fournier guy. And uh, he actually completely took Cam Reddish out of the rotation. He took all three out of the rotation, in fact. And all three of those those players um, played in the first Celtics-Nets, or Knicks-Nets game, excuse me. Uh, Cam Reddish actually went 0 of 7 from the field, and he was a starter. But 
Tibbs replaced those minutes with Emmanuel Quickly, who is your microwave scorer off the bench, like great six man. And he inserted shooting guard Quentin Grimes into the starting lineup. Quentin Grimes is a phenomenal two-way player. Um, three and D guy can get to the rim a little bit, but you know, he's mostly looking to defend the the best guard on the other team and, and, and knock down some open three space the floor, um, quickly leads the, uh, the Knicks and, and non garbage time on off net rating. Um, Grimes actually is plus 3.8 adjusted net rating. So they're, they're, addition has has made the Knicks a lot better and they're the reason part of the reason obviously Julius Randle returning back to all-star form and Jalen Brunson being an amazing pickup are are the reasons the Knicks are four games above 500 after 50 games but quickly and Grimes have played a role as well as has um um small forward RJ Barrett excuse me he was awful earlier this season but he's turned it around January is his best month by points per game. He's averaging 22 points per game and, and offensive rating at 114 points per 100 possessions. So R.J. Barrett has really kind of rebounded and very similar to how he played last season where he was just awful before, we'll say MLK Day, but... February and post All Star break, R.J. Barrett was was very good. He had an awful game in the Knicks one twenty one seventeen overtime win against the Celtics, a game that we were on. Um, I believe that was Thursday, but he hit the game winning three in overtime, so that gives him some confidence. Um, but the the Nets here, it's also you know I like the Knicks plus one oh five now. Well, I'll just take it at plus one hundred on the money line. Uh, because of the injury situation of the Nets, they're still not going to have Kevin Durant. He was incredible versus the Knicks earlier this year. He had a plus 61 net rating, put up a 29-point triple-double. Um, their injury report, the Nets the Nets injury report, is a little sketchy too. Uh, ben Simmons is questionable to play as of 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. TJ Warren is listed as doubtful. So these absences are could loom large, considering Brooklyn is without their best player, right? I mean, Durant leads their team in non-garbage time. He's having like close to an MVP season. He's been out the last eight games, or two and six straight up, three and five against the spread. So eventually, they're going to really need him to come back. You know, the longer Kyrie Irving um, is the, is the leader of the team, the worse this team's going to end up off or end up. So. Uh, the 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 cluster injuries to to the the Nets are are a big factor here for me. The Knicks do get up against good teams, or seven and three against the spread versus teams with a winning record, and and they play really well when they visit Brooklyn. Um, they're six and one against the spread in their last seven visits to Brooklyn. So my first best bet is the Knicks money line at the Brooklyn Nets. Next game is actually a player prop. The game is the least interesting on the slate. There's a whole bunch of college basketball games that are cooler than this. But the Houston Rockets visit the Detroit Pistons. I'm betting over 21.5 points for Bo, Bo, Bojan Bogdanovic, I believe is how you pronounce it. 
I know Bagdanovich is how you pronounce his last name, so I'll just say Bogey. He's averaging, he's having a, a career best year by PER, by true shooting rate. Um, January is Bogey's most productive month. He's averaging 23 points per game. This month, he's went over 21.5 points in five of his nine games in January. He's uh, only had 11 last game, so today could be a good bounce-back spot for for, for Bogey, um, especially considering how terrible Houston's defense is. They allow the highest volume of of defensive wide-open three-point um, rate, and Detroit actually has the eighth highest offensive wide open three point rate. Um I think Jaden Ivy does a real good of like real good job of like slashing and dishing. So he creates some some open shots for all the Detroit shooters and Bagdanovich is the best shooter on the floor for sure. Yeah. He does have an eighty nine percent usage rate. Or excuse me, he does have uh, the the highest usage rate on Detroit and he's in the eighty ninth percentile among forwards. He's also in the 87th percentile in points per 100 shot attempts. So Bogdanovich is, is Detroit's best player. Um, they've scored 130 points last two games. Their offense is humming. Houston's defense is terrible, uh, mostly, especially against threes. So Bogey shoots better at home. He's having a great year, having a great month. Um, and I like him to go over 21.5 points. Next game on the list. Los Angeles Clippers at the Atlanta Hawks tips off, tip, tips off at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. You guys know I'm a Clipper guy. I'm not a fan. I just I just always bet them. And it's probably cost me money. Actually, it's definitely cost me money this year. I still have a decent-sized future on them to win the finals, which doesn't feel good now, but there's a lot of season left. And the Clippers have looked really, really good lately. Um, Kawhi Leonard is, is pretty much back to not peak Kawhi Leonard, not Toronto Raptors Kawhi Leonard, but a hundred percent of his, I guess, possible production, if that makes any sense. Um, the Hawks beat the Clippers, uh, earlier this month, 112-108 in LA. They were two and a half point road dogs that won that game outright, but the Clippers were missing two very important offensive players. Well, Paul George was out, and so was Luke Kennard. Paul George is important on both ends of the floor, and he's pretty much the Clippers' point guard. I mentioned that in a podcast a couple weeks ago, and um, I think a recent Clippers primetime matchup, the, the the broadcasters made that point as well. It's They don't have really anyone who can get open looks for other players outside of Paul George, and... <laughs> That's that's part of the reason why I don't feel as great about my Clippers to win the finals bet. But I mean, I can't avoid it, so whatever. And nor do I even want to. I, I think this team um, can still win the finals and, and still be a, a contender in the West, despite how mediocre they played this year. Um, Paul George, though, has got a plus eleven and a half not on/off net rating. He's second in the Clippers. Kennard has got a plus 8.3 on-off net rating. He's fourth in the Clippers. Kennard, Kennard is just a sick floor spacer. Um, he, he opens up driving lanes by making sure the defenders have to stick to him because if that guy gets open, it's automatic. He's shooting. 
He's got the best three point percentage in the um on the Clippers, excuse me, averaging forty six point six percent from behind the arc. He's probably a contender for the three point contest. Hopefully he, he shoots in it. Um the Clippers do have Marcus Morris Sr. Questionable to play, but I actually would per- prefer if they, they rested him tonight because he's got a minus 2.2 on-off net rating, and he's in the starting lineup. So I, got, I guess Kawhi Leonard and Paul George frequently miss games, but he does play with them and run with them You know when they are on the floor, and he's still got a minus 2.2 on-off net rating. His backup, Nicholas Patum, is third of the, on the Clippers with a plus 9.4 on-off net rating. He's actually turned himself turned into like quite the 3 and D guy. Um, he can guard one through four, and, and his crazy threes where they'll pass to him and like he'll like almost like flick it up in rhythm. Um, Patum, solid role player, and Marcus Morris just kind of loses his mind out there sometimes. Um, not even from like a fouling or an emotional like standpoint. He just shoots too much and thinks he's better than he is, frankly. Um, the first Clippers-Hawks game earlier this month was, was, a, was an off night for both Kawhi Leonard and Norman Powell, who I have a ticket on Norman Powell to win sixth man of the year. And I completely forgot that that's still like very live. I got him at plus 2,500. So... 25 to 1 for Norman Powell, who I think is the second leading scorer off the bench in the NBA. Um, Kawhi Leonard scored 29 points against the Hawks earlier this month, but it was in an, in a, on an inefficient 39.1% shooting night, whereas Powell hit just 3 of 13 shots. He had 14 points. Since then, Leonard hasn't shot worse than 50% of the field in any of his eight games. He's averaging 29 points per game on 16. 59% shooting over that span. Powell's averaged 21.2 points per game. Um, from then, 54% from behind the arc. Um, this is only in 27 minutes per game. So Norman Powell has really given the Clippers a boost off the bench. And that's actually one of the areas that the Clippers have a heavy, heavy advantage over the, the Hawks. The Clippers bench scores 11 points per game more than the Atlanta Hawks bench. Um, so... I guess my kind of closing thought on the Clippers-Hawks game is, is and, I, and I wrote this, so um, I apologize if this feels um, repetitive or this is repetitive for you, but I just expect the Clippers to be in the Western Conference Finals or at least to be a contender, and I can't stand the Hawks as a team. Um, uh, Trey Young is one of my least favorite players in the NBA, if I'm being honest, and I, I don't see them being much better than a play-in. I guess they could advance to the playoff. They, they could certainly advance to the playoffs via play-in, but I don't have them winning around in the playoffs, that's for sure. So all that being said, I have whiffed several times the Clippers this season, so be careful if you're going to follow me on this one. If you're going to fade me, please don't reply. That shit is annoying. Um, next game, we'll... I'm also betting a Los Angeles team, the other Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Lakers, visiting the world-beaten Boston Celtics. It's an ABC game. Lakers are three games below 500. The Celtics are 20 games above 500. Tips off at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. 
Their first matchup last month, December 13th, um, Boston beat the Lakers in L.A. 120-116. to It was an overtime game. Um, Boston was four-point favorites in that game, so it was a chop for betters. But Anthony Davis and LeBron James went off. They scored 70 points on a 55% shooting. Um, Boston had a double-digit lead in the first half, and then I believe this, I actually fell asleep during the game. Um, I think I was drinking. <laughs> uh, but Boston was up double digits in the first half. The Lakers, I think, got a double-digit lead in the second half and got pretty unlucky to go to overtime and eventually lose, if I am remembering correctly. Um, the Celtics... Celtics all-star Jason Tatum was phenomenal in that game, scored a game-high 44 points. He had 51% shooting. Jalen Brown put up 25. It was a pretty good game for him. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game for him. Um, but the, the Celtics are not playing so well lately. They're on a three-game losing skid. We, we cashed fading them with the Knicks the other night. They've 0-5 against... The spread in their last five games, the Celtics are. The Lakers have won three of four, covered all three of those wins. Um, they do have that one ATS loss along with the outright loss. Um, and they, the, the Lakers uh, beat the Spurs in the most recent game, which was Davis's first game back from an injury. He was out from December 28th to till uh, January 24th. And before he got injured... He was playing at an MVP caliber. Dude's averaging 27 points per game on a career-high 59% shooting. He's got a career-high 12 rebounds per game, 2.2 blocks. And, I mean, if that AD is playing tonight, hopefully he knocked off some of the ring rust since we're taking the Lakers plus seven. And I'm sorry I didn't say my official bet with the Clippers. I'm taking their money line, which is at minus 110. Taking the Lakers at plus seven and a half right now. Um, but, um, if, if the AD that played was, um, if the AD that was playing before he got injured returns to the floor Saturday, the, the Lakers are going to be a real problem in the West. Um, I do think we get a vintage LeBron performance. It's an ABC primetime game, Celtics, Lakers. He's 158 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record, so, I think he's going to want to like turn back the clock and put out a hell of a performance against the team that most, mostly everyone agrees is the best in the NBA. At least the, the betting market um, is clear on that. And it's it's not like LeBron's going to be like nervous or intimidated about playing in Boston. Um, the, the Lakers offense is actually like they get good looks because they, they are aggressive, especially Russell Westbrook and, and Anthony Davis was really aggressive before aggressive, excuse me, before he got injured. Um, and they take the highest attempt, the highest rate of field goals at the rim. Uh, I mentioned this because Boston defensive um, anchor or well, front court anchor, Robert Williams, the third, he appeared to tweak something. Um, I think it was his back when he was going over an alley-oop against the Knicks Thursday. And I think he's questionable to play right now. Hold on. Let me look that up as I'm recording here. Um, right now, no, no, Robert Williams is in the starting lineup. So forget all that Robert Williams 
Robert Williams, Noise, Marcus Smart is still out of the lineup. But even with Robert Williams in the lineup, I do like the Lakers. Um, I'm taking him at 7.5. I think it's up to 8.5 now because of the Robert Williams news, which makes perfect sense, actually. I feel kind of dumb talking to myself into that, but you guys all heard it in real time. Um, either way, I just like I like the way the Lakers have been playing lately. I think the Celtics are due for some regression. Anthony Davis knocked off some ring rust. Got LeBron um, chasing history, so he's going to look the ball out. I'm going to take the Lakers plus 7.5 and, and probably going to end up sprinkling on the money line a little bit as well. Uh, my other f- three bets, again, I have four here on the Saturday 11-game slate. I'm taking the Knicks plus 100 on the money line. I'm going over. Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic is 21.5 points. Player prop in the Detroit Pistons-Houston Rockets game. I'm taking the Clippers money line as they visit the Atlanta Hawks. It's minus 110 right now. And I'm taking 7.5 with the Lakers. And if I go 2-3 two, two and three earlier in the day, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Lakers money line. But I don't. I will not be back for Sunday. I will be back Monday to, uh, for another NBA Hoops at Lunch show. So tune in then. But best of luck on all your bets Saturday and Sunday. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace.